you're a very kind and loving church, and you care for one another. You care for this city. You care for our world, and you, you care for my family, and that's a very special place in my heart, and I love you all. If you will, turn with me to Psalms chapter 103. We're going to read a passage. Here, David's writing, Psalms 103, and he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then he says it again, just for an added benefit. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I think David's trying to encourage himself there. He's telling himself. And forget not his benefits. Let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12. And Moses here is talking to the children of Israel. And he's telling them, he says, Beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I have something in my heart, and just pray with me that I can communicate it effectively and that we can hear it and that we can respond. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, oh God. Thank you for this wonderful church. I pray, oh God, that you would touch us, touch our hearts and our minds. Encourage us, oh Lord. Strengthen us and lift us. Put a hedge of protection around us, oh God. Pour out your favor upon us, oh God. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank for all that you've done. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, Jesus, in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So here we are reading in two verses of scripture where David and Moses are both telling us to never Forget. That's what we're going to talk about tonight is never forget. These words have been echoing around us these last few days when we as a country have been taking an opportunity to remember those that were tragically killed on September 11th. And Friday, this past Friday, has marked 19 years since that terrorist attack where nearly 3,000 people died. Every year, Americans... Honor those that died on that day. One of these Americans is a man by the name of Will Kraft. Will is a firefighter and an engineer for the Columbia Fire and Rescue. Friday morning, he got up, got dressed, put on his gear, put on his tank, put on his helmet, put on his boots. And he went down to his local gym in full uniform, oxygen tank and all. And he climbed the equivalent of 110 stories, which is the height of both of those twin towers. This was his fourth annual stair climb. Kraft told local news media that he does it each year to honor and remember those who were killed that day and to keep their memory alive. Will is joined by hundreds of firefighters across our nation that have started what's now called the 911 Memorial Stair Challenge. This is how they have chose to remember. To be honest, I forget things sometimes. It's been said that the older you get, three things happen. The first one, your memory goes, and I can't remember the other two. 
Do you forget things? Does that ever happen to y'all? <laughs> okay, no pointing to spouses and elbows. <laughs> I, I've turned 40 this year, and it seems like my brain has gotten to the 40 fog or f- hibernation from COVID or the mom of a teenagers or some kind of a brain fog. And the other day, if I don't write it down or set an alarm or a timer on my phone or tell the kids, don't let me forget, I forget. The other day I was at the store and I had to have Gregory text, text me a picture of my list that I forgot. So my intentions were good. I forgot the list. According to scientists, it's called the decay theory. Basically, you create this new memory and an old one gets erased. Basically, your hard drive is maxed out. There were times in the Old Testament God commanded the children of Israel to have certain feasts or festivals. And one of these main reasons was so that they would remember what God has done for them in their life. Several times a year, they would stop everything they were doing and come together and they would celebrate how God had brought them out of slavery, how he defeated the enemy in their life, how he protected them and guided them over and over and over. They were required to remember. The book of Deuteronomy records Moses in one of his final addresses to the people that he had led for decades. They were about to cross the Jordan and go occupy that promised land, but without Moses' stable presence and leadership in their lives. No doubt, knowing this, he chose these words very carefully. One theme dominates throughout the final chapters of his life. One word, remember. He would say things like, remember not to forget. Don't forget to remember. Remember, children, remember. Oh, be careful, Moses warns. Watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen. Don't let them fade from your heart as long as you live. He would tell them in Deuteronomy chapter 4, teach it to your children. Teach it to their children after them. Moses is saying, teach it so you don't forget and they don't forget. Moses anticipates that success over in that promised land will pose a particular temptation to those children. And when you've eaten and been satisfied and praise the Lord and thank him for the good land he's given you, he says these words to them again, never forget Never forget what he's brought you through, what he's brought you from. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands. He's saying, don't forget his laws. Don't forget his decrees I'm giving you on this day. Moses echoes again to those children of Israel. Never forget. These days, you see you're satisfied, he tells them. When you feel, we get over there in the promised land, you're going to build a nice house and you're going to have your herds and your flocks are going to grow and, and you're going to settle down and you're going to have silver and gold. Your money is going to increase and your family will be multiplied and your heart will become proud, he tells them. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you out of slavery. 
And you may say to yourself, he's telling these children, he says, the power and the strength of my own hands produced this wealth for me. They're thinking, well, I'm the one that did this. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 14, and on into chapter 17, he says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce the wealth. It's because of him that you have these things. And so he tells them their biggest danger is forgetting. He doesn't want them to forget where they came from. He doesn't want them to forget what they came through. And he doesn't want them to forget their testimony, who they are and whose they are. My kids were young and um, when they were small, they attended public school and they would have little performances and stuff for them, you know, where they would do the little plays and parents would line up hours before production time just to get in line. Some of you are teachers, you know. Some of you parents have guilty of this. Just to have the best seat to video your little precious angel singing and being in that play. And it's all done so they don't forget. They don't want to forget that age. They don't want to forget that moment. We have a a program called Shutterfly. I don't know if any of you know about that, but it's a photo company that you put your pictures in. And they send me an email. Um, sometimes it feels like every day, <laughs> but it's pretty much weekly. And it'll say, these are your memories from, and it'll be 16 years ago. And I'll click on that and I'll see pictures of Gregory and Luke and their little infant chunky self with no necks and just this little cuteness and I just get lost and I end up clicking and looking at more pictures and ooing and awing. oh, look at how cute, oh my goodness. And then I end up chasing and going down this rabbit hole of photos and videos and then I'm wanting everybody to look at it and it's, I'm trying to hang on to that. I don't, I don't want to forget. I want to remember them at that little age. I want to remember that. I'm trying not to forget. The Bible tells us that there are few things that we can do that'll help us never forget. The first thing is to remind. He wants to remind us. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20 says, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. When I recall those things, it stirs up a hope with inside myself. John chapter 14, verse 26, he says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Remember, I ask you today, remember the times that God has shown you favor in your life. Remember the times he was merciful to you. He restored you. He renewed you. Remember when the enemies that God's defeated in your life and every one of those you can look back on and you see the hand of God upon your life leading you and guiding you. Remember that today. 
remember that today. Just like the Israelites, I think you and I can both say God has opened doors for us that we should have know, that we know we're not opened on our own, that we're because of him. And he's helped us to accomplish things that we know we could not have done on our own. And he's brought us through difficult times that may have seemed totally impossible. And if we're going to stay encouraged and step into new doors, we can see God turn that negative around. One of the keys is you can't forget what God has done. The scripture tells us that we need to tell our children and our grandchildren the goodness of God and his mercies. How we should pass down these stories of his goodliness. Why it's never tired of telling, I never get tired of telling others about the goodness God has done for this church. This beautiful building that he's blessed us with. How there's people in this church he's healed of cancer. How there's homes that he's restored. How there's relationships he's renewed. And it's all because he loves us and he doesn't want us to forget. If you would lift your hands with me. Oh, and tell the Lord, just thank him. Thank him for what he's done in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. Thank you, Lord. David, he says, where would I be about the, without the goodness of God? And I think of how Moses, you know, told to tell the children and your grandchildren. And some of you have had the opportunity to hear Bishop's story about how, as a young man, he had multiple scholarship offers to go play football. And how he was in a revival as a teenager and Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost and how he laid down that football and he picked up a Bible and he chose to preach the gospel and to teach Bible studies and without that we wouldn't be sitting here today and it wasn't a coincidence it was the mercy of God so don't forget where you came from don't forget to look back and to see what the Lord has done and remember it's not our strength it's not our education it's not our own talents and there were a lot of miracles along the way but the people came before you and the people that raised you up remember that remember those stories I learned the more you remember God's goodness the more goodness you will see. The more we remember and think on the things of God, the more he will do for us. It's very interesting in the Old Testament, we hear a lot about the staff that they would carry with them. This here is a staff that was given to my husband when uh, they had gone on a missions trip to Haiti. So I'm using it as an object lesson tonight. But this here is a staff, and they would talk about their staff having that with them. And it was something that they carried around. It wasn't just a walking stick that they would use to keep away wild animals or lean on, but it was more significant than that. In those days, they were a nomadic people. That meant they were always on the move. They were always traveling. And of course, they didn't have, like we have today, computers and files and little pictures that get sent to you every week. 
But what they did, how they kept important records and important dates, is they would etch it on their staff. It was their personal record. And they would show their children and their grandchildren, and they would say, you see here on this date, this here is the date we defeated the Amalekites. And this right here, this is the date where my son was born. And this date right here, this is, this is where God brought water out of a rock. Let me tell you about that. This right here is where, where he parted the Red Sea and we walked across. And they would etch on their staff these important dates. And it was literally their personal record and their history with God in their lives. When Moses parted the Red Sea, what did he do? He held up his staff. He was saying, Lord, thank you for the things that you have done in our past. And we remember how you delivered us time and time again. And we're remembering the great things that you've done, oh God. And he stretched that forth and crossed over. Hallelujah. Even when David, when he went out to defeat Goliath, he didn't just take his slingshot. The scripture says he took with him his staff. No doubt, I believe, that David had etched on that staff. He said, right here, yeah, this is the, the date I uh, killed a lion with my hands. This right here is the, is the date I killed a, a bear. This right here is when the prophet Samuel anointed me. This right here is, is another time when, when God delivered the enemy. The animals were tried to, an enemy tried to come and take one of my sheep. He etched on that staff. I can imagine just before he goes to fight Goliath and he ran back over and he looked at that staff and he read over it just one more time just to encourage himself and say, all right, Lord, I know you helped me defeat that lion and I know you helped me defeat that bear and I know, oh God, that you protected me and I know you've anointed me, oh Lord, so I know you're gonna go with me. I know, oh God, that it's not gonna be impossible because you're with me, you've done it with me, you've done it before, Lord. Lord, you're going to do it again. He would hold up that staff and he would encourage himself. And you might be up against a big challenge in your life today. You may see things that seem impossible. You may have situations that you're facing. Instead of going around thinking it's not going to work out, it's not going to happen, stop dwelling on the defeats and start dwelling on the victories that God has given you, the victories that he has poured out on you, how he's made a way Start thinking on those victories and recall the times when God has promoted you and he's put you in the right place at the right time. He's healed that family member that was sick. He made a way when you didn't seem no ways. There wouldn't be any other way. Don't forget. Don't forget what God has done. I believe and declare that you will defeat every enemy in your life just like David did. Every obstacle and everything you can imagine to be will be because God defeated the enemy and you can overcome. Can you say amen? Amen. The second thing he wants us to do is he wants us to record. Record. Exodus chapter 17 Verse 14 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. 
You see, when you write things down, it's going to help you remember. When you write things down, I believe it gives you a reference. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 2, he says to Jeremiah, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. I've been reminded on several occasions of notes from sermons that I've taken, written down notes from sermons, and during times I'll have them tucked in my book and my Bible, and it's, it's hard to turn pages sometimes because you've got so many little jots and little notes, and, and sometimes God will give us something, I believe, that, that we might not understand. Well, why does that, why, Lord, why does that what does that mean for me right now? And it might not be something that you need for right now. He's giving you a little something that you're going to need later. He's, he's preparing us in advance for things that we're going to face. And we may have the thought, you know, I read that somewhere, a devotion or a sermon I heard. And I need to go back and, and look at my notes and, and see, where, see what, what did the Lord say about that. And these thoughts are a reminder and an encouragement from the Lord. And they tell, the Bible tells us how they would put out these, what they call, memorial stones. They were these big boulders that they would typically be set out we call we would probably call them like historical markers today have you ever been driving around and you see these little green signs on the side of the road and I, it was, I, was, I like to stop and look at that because it's interesting. What, what happened here? There's a, this is a memorial. This is a historical marker. Something significant happened at this spot. Joshua 4 says, And it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. And Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said to them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in times to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Mom, what does the stones mean? Dad, what does this mean? Grandma, what does the stone mean? And then you can answer them and say, that is where the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Those stones would remind them of specific victories. And every time that they would walk by that stone, they'd say, oh yeah, that stone's for when God brought us out of slavery. 
yeah, that stone over there, that stone's when, when God healed my child. That stone right there, that's when God provided for my needs. These are memorial stones, and he, he had them set those out because he wanted it to stay fresh in their memory. He wanted to remind them so that they would never forget the miracles of God. On a regular basis, I encourage you, sometimes you need to go back over those memorial stones in your heart and your life and think about what those things, what, what happened, what the Lord has done for you. It's equivalent to you holding up your staff and saying when those negative memories come back and those things, people say things that may hurt us or we think of failures or disappointments. We may think of things that, that hurt us and it's a trick of the enemy. It's a trick of the enemy to get you focused on something that, that, it, that would bring you down and discourage you and get you stuck in a rut. Every time you come into that and you have those moments you need to think of those memorial stones and every one of us needs to have memorial stones in our life and God wants you to remember when you were lonely he brought somebody great into your life and remember when that medical report said it was impossible but he supernaturally healed you remember when those times were dark and you didn't have any happy days but God turned it around he gave you beauty for ashes he gave you joy for mourning all of us have memorial stones don't we we all have memorial stones in our hearts this past week uh, as a family, we were talking and we were going, having a moment talking about Sophia when she was, um, when she was born, she was born with a small hernia. And every time she'd go for a checkup, the doctor would say, you know, she'll outgrow it. It'll grow. It'll go away when she, as she grows. And so uh, the next year, the same thing. By the time she was three, they said, this should have cleared up by now. So let's get some x-rays and see what's going on. So she went in for some x-rays, and they came back, and they said, well, we uh, x-rays are back, and um, we see a shadow on her pancreas, and so she's going to need to have some CAT scans done, some CT scans. And we went into a lot of praying and fasting, because that's never reports you want to hear about your child. And so we did, and they took her in and, and had that CAT scan done and called us back and said, well, we don't know. There's just something, nothing's there. We, we just wanted to make sure. I guess there was no, nothing's there now, so we don't know what happened. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that's my memorial stone because I know God took care of my baby. He protected her. There's memorial stones that you have in your life of what God has done for you. I remember 20 years ago, walking into a mall in Louisiana and seeing David for the first time, and God answered his prayer. <laughs> I mean, my prayer. God answered my prayer. <laughs> he answered my prayer. That is a memorial stone. Something like that, you may think, but that's a big thing to me, meaning my husband. That's my memorial stone. It may seem insignificant to you, but does it matter to me? That's my memorial stone. My question is, do you have any of those in your life? When, when, what are you remembering? Will you determine 
what kind of life you're going to live. Are you remembering your defeats or your hurts and all your failures? You could just change what you're remembering and start remembering your victories. And I promise you, you're going to go to a new level. You start remembering the good things, those victories, those healings, those moments, and God's going to bring you out. I've seen your goodness in the past, Lord, and I know I'll see it again. It's what David said when he was about to face Goliath. And a giant nearly twice his size. How could he, how could he do that? Goliath had all the equipment. He had the experience. And it would have just been very easy for him to be discouraged. And so David remembered those victories. And he remembered what the Lord did for him instead of remembering his brother's belittling him and making him feel bad. He chose to remember the victories. When you look at these memorial stones, it's not meant to be nostalgic, but they're to give you a sign of the future. When we visited Israel a few years ago and they had just cleared out an area, um, I believe y'all were with us, the Gibsons and the Richies, and they had just cleared out this area where they had landmines. And for years, nobody could go down to the Jordan River in this area because they had, it was full of landmines. And so they had cleared it out, and it was a significant area. And this is where they believe that John the Baptist, where he went and he was baptizing, and we were able to go down to that area in the Jordan River. You look with me in Luke Chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. It says, And he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. This is John. He said, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say with yourselves, We have Abraham our father, for I say unto you that God is able to bring these stones, to raise them up, children unto Abraham. Our guide explained that this is where John was baptizing his followers. That exact same location where they had crossed over Jordan. So when John was saying these stones... He was referring to the stones that Joshua had the children of Israel place as a memorial years, hundreds of years ago. Those stones just didn't represent the past. They were representing the future. Here's John saying, these stones right here, these stones that you see, those right there, those are what Joshua had placed. And he went on to say that there would be a people that God would raise up. Not just the Jews, but the Gentiles that would be part of the New Testament church. The third thing to help us never forget is we need to rejoice. Acts chapter 16 verse 25 says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Paul and Silas rejoiced. It didn't matter their situation. It didn't matter they were in this deep, dark dungeon. It didn't matter that they were chained and they had been whipped and beaten. I believe that Paul looked over at Silas and he said, Hey, you remember that song? That song we sing? 
Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. It was a personal, I believe what they sang was personal to them. He was remembering what Jesus had done for him. It didn't matter the situation that he was in. He was going to choose to rejoice and to praise God. And he was saying, Lord, I'll never forget what you've done for me. And then Silas said, hey, Paul, I got one better. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And they started trying to compete and see which song they could come up that was a little bit better. And they were remembering and singing and recalling how Jesus had saved them and the victories that they had. And they started singing this joy. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I can see in my mind Paul worshiping Jesus. I can see Silas. He was shouting and praising God, not even noticing that the ground was beginning to shake beneath them. Will you stand with me? Stand with me today. Thank you, Jesus. You see, when we start remembering like Paul and Silas, when we start thinking back on the goodness of Jesus, we can't help but rejoice because it brings us joy when we think about it. When we start saying, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, we get our joy back. We get our peace back. We get our healing back. We get our, oh, hallelujah. We get it back. If you need to refresh your mind and think back on the memories of God, I pray, I pray, Eastwind, that you never forget, that you never forget the promises of God, that you record the things that he has done for you, that you rejoice when he delivers you. I think on the old song that sings, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul, just like David said in Psalms 103, bless the Lord, oh my soul. My soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank you God for saving me. Oh, if you would raise your hands and just thank him. Thank him. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we take a few moments here tonight? And if you want to pray where you're at in your pew or if you want to come down to the front, I think it'd be important for us to just call to remembrance the goodness of God. Let's take a few moments and do that. This altar is open. If you'd like to come down and just worship the Lord for a little bit or you want to just stand in your seat. But I think we ought to take about five or ten minutes and let's just use our voice and lift up our hands. and Come on, let's do that right now. Let's remind ourselves of the blessings of God. And, oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's spend a little bit of time and rejoice. Bring to remembrance all the victories. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.